Welcome to Kenny and the Coaches. It's mid-October and chances are you are rooting for your favorite football team or maybe your favorite fast pitch team or maybe your favorite baseball team or maybe even your favorite volleyball team. But it's also cross-country season and on this episode I visit with a Hall of Famer. A Hall of Famer that is retired but loves cross-country and track and field so much he is still involved with the sport. Today I have former Velma track and cross-country coach Jerry Lovall and here's our conversation. All right, Coach, thanks for taking time out of your uh, busy schedule right now to visit with me a little bit. Not a problem. Uh, how is uh, House Cross Country going so far this year for you guys? It's going well. Um, kids are working hard. We've been meeting in the mornings a couple of days a week, about 6.15, and we can get some good work in at that time of day mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, you just – you don't wear them out so quick, so therefore the volume can increase quite a bit, and the pace and everything, and you know, and enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. Uh, once they get up and get up there, you know, it's it's the workout feels better to them, you know, and I think they they feel better once they get it done. Uh, you know, of course, trying to work out and run any kind of mileage when it's this hot in the afternoons, it's not real easy to get in. Yeah. You know, so we try to get most of our hard stuff done in the mornings. Um, today we went, uh, we got, you know, somebody that let us use their pool. And so we go do, uh, mm. swimming laps and, and those kind of things, you know, just as a recovery day. Cause we, we ran fairly hard last night, you know, coming off of labor day, uh, and ran at night, um, trying to, you know, like I said, you, you can just get so much more done when, when they don't wear out. Yeah. You know, the past. Yeah, so it's it's going well. Yeah. It's going well. I'm sure they didn't um, complain much about the swimming. No, no, <laughs> they they always look forward to that, and we'll hit once about every ten days. You know, we'll try to. It kind of depends on where it sets in the schedule, and you know, and uh, you know what the weather looks like on that. But you know, swimming's a good workout. You yeah. know, and again, that's that's kind of an individual thing. Uh, we had eight kids out there this evening. And six of them's not very good swimmers, <laughs> you know. So yeah. two of them will cut through the water like a butter knife, you know. And it, this is no effort to them to do down and backs, you know, for for six or seven minutes, while the rest of them look like they're drowning, you know. They're just fighting it, you know. And I can understand that, you know. I could I can survival swim, but I'm not one of those people that just makes swimming look easy. So yeah. it'll wear you out. Yeah. Now, but it, it doesn't leave you as worn out as as uh, you know. The pounding that you hit in the ground takes on you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now let's get started out at the at the at the very beginning. What was it? What was it that influenced you to become a coach? You know, I I didn't go to school to get into coaching. My wife uh, was in teaching. And I thought I wanted to do something else, and then I just thought, uh, you know, she's going into that. I'll go. I'll do it. You know, and and so, but once I started it, I just just being around the kids and seeing how much they wanted to compete, I think was probably the thing that really drove me because it wasn't the teaching part. Because I, you know, I can remember that first year. I th- I told Jana, I said I could find anything to do. Yeah. and have this much fun, you know, mm-hmm. and trying to manage seventh and eighth graders in a, you know, a history class. But, you know, all of that changed and it got, you know, once you kind of figure the system out, it, you know, handling kids becomes a whole lot easier. But the coaching part, it was just fun watching them 
you know, look for someone to lead them and in, in to something that they wanted to be led to. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, you, you set expectations out for them, and this is what we're going to do, and this is what you know how we're going to do it, and more or less, you know, get them to to be goal setters. Uh, you know, and it becomes fun to try to lead them to that spot, and then it becomes really fun to watch them have the success. Mm-hmm. You know that that they get into. You know, in you know track and cross country is easy. I was doing basketball when I was was younger, but track and cross country is easy because you there's it's so defined. You know, mm-hmm. you're throwing the shot to 35 feet. You know, somebody else throws at 34 feet. You know, you're throwing better than they are. Mm-hmm. You know, and in a lot of sports, it's really hard to compare teams to teams. Mm-hmm. You know, you may beat somebody by 25 points one week, and the next week you go get beat by 25 points. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you kind of get these false sense of, well, we're doing pretty good. But, but try and cross country always has these numbers that are sitting out there, you know. If, yeah. You know, if you run an 11 flat 100, I don't care what race you were running it or who you were racing. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know, so the numbers always kind of let you know where you're at. And I think that was that was something that, you know, that I could relate to the kids with. This number's pretty good. You're running, you know, if you got a girl that's running under six minutes, you know, in junior high on the mile, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, we've got high school kids that can't run under six minutes, <laughs> you know, and so forth. And so... That that I think was was part of the fun and the draw for me of coaching was yeah. was kind of leading these kids to get to some of these goals and you know and then once they get to their expectations of well this is what we're supposed to do yeah. you know and then then the success comes and yeah you know it's fun it's fun watching them have have fun yes. is what I guess what I'm saying yeah absolutely now you kind of brought it up a little bit about coaching different sports. How is it, because I've never had the fortune of coaching cross-country or track, but how is it different from coaching, let's say, uh, a football or a basketball? How is coaching cross-country and track different from that? Well, in track and cross-country, I look at every meet, every competition as a practice. We have two meets that we really care about that we that we aim toward, and that's the regional meet and then the qualifying. You know, if we can make it on up to the state meet, um, you know. So most of track and cross country is practice oriented. You know, mm-hmm. we've got to get out here and we got to practice. We got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this, and we you know count down the days to the end of the season. This is where we want to be good at. You know, in yeah. basketball. It becomes, you know, you need to win all your games. You know, you start getting seated into uh, mm-hmm. tricks and those kind of things. And so it becomes more important to to have a – we've got to get ready for this game right here. You know, you know, while track, it's not as big a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got all season to get our relax changes to that point. We've got all season to get our half-milers, you know, down to – you know, 2.30 if they're the girls, you know, and that's kind of always the goal to see how many kids we can get to 2.30 and see if we got a shot at winning a two-mile relay. So, you know, it, for us, in cross-country, same way. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just trying to get to regional meet in shape and everybody healthy. Yeah. And the whole season is just more of a, you know, we're just practicing. You yeah. know, we're going to go race because we get better when we compete. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 
if you have a bad day, you have a bad day. You know, let's go back to the drawing board and let's get after it again. You know, and the games mean more in the other sports, you know, the weekly games. And you may be playing two games a week, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, you get into softball and baseball, you know, they may be playing three or four games a week. Mm-hmm. And so most of their time is on the in the competition while track and cross country spends a lot of time on the practice field, mm-hmm. getting ready for the competition. So I think that's probably the biggest difference is, yeah. you know, is, is when you're looking to compete. Yeah. Now, kind of narrowing that down a little bit more, what's the biggest difference in between cross country and track? Uh, <laughs> track is just much more aggressive, in okay. my opinion. Mm-hmm. The, there's more speed involved. Everything's kind of based off of speed. You really only get into one race uh, in track that the speed is not as important, or you you know you kind of get into the aerobic and anaerobic side of things. Uh, the cross country is mostly aerobic. You know, mm-hmm. the two miles aerobic. You know, they're similar kind of kids. Uh, they know they're in it for the long haul. You know, you get kids in track that are sprinters. You know, the thing with cross country that I love about it, and I really do everybody does the same thing yes and so they all have this uh you know sense of common uh suffering mm-hmm. we're all doing the same thing we're all going to run the same stuff we're all you know the races are the same and and they tend to bond more like that mm-hmm. in track you got the throwers you know, and mm-hmm. they don't want to do any running and stuff. You know, it's like pulling teeth to try to get them to get their warm up stuff in. You know, they want to sneak off over to the, you know, and then you got your distance kids that'll go, hey, do we need to get a mile warm up? You know, mm-hmm. and the sprinters are just dog trotting around, you know, and so you get all these different personalities and it's good, but they there's no bonding really within the group too much. You know, the sprinters are like, uh, you know, I got to run a half a lap, you know, as hard as I can, you know, and the distance kids are out here going, I got to run repeat thousands, you mm-hmm. know, two and a half laps and all you do is run, you know, and so there's, yeah. there's always a little, you know, they group themselves that you don't even have to look on the bus, you know, the sprinters are sitting here and the distance kids, the thrower are all sitting by each other, yeah. you know, and so the, the big difference is the personalities, you know, track is built on speed, everybody, everything's fast, mm-hmm. you know, because you're on the track cross country. It's more of a everybody runs at the same time. You got a race at the state meet with 160 kids in it, mm-hmm. and they just all line up and take off, you know. And eventually, that line that was, you know, say vertical now becomes horizontal, and they're just lined up all in a line chasing the guy in the front. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's just different. You know, yeah. it's a different kind of competition. And if you ask the kids, some of them go, I like track, but I don't like cross country. And the other ones go, I like cross country and I don't like track. Yeah. You know, they don't like running circles, they'll say. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, I don't mind running, you know, off through the woods and, and that kind of stuff on a marked path, you know, so you can get back first. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it, it's, it's different in that mentality. Uh, probably the hardest thing with cross country is they know when they line up. This is going to be, you know, for the girls, anywhere from 12 to 15, 16 minutes of just hard running. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no break. You don't get to stop, you know, and the guys know that this is going to be anywhere from, you know, 16 if you're good, you know, back to 25 if you're finishing toward the back of the pack, you know, and mm-hmm. you're not stopping. And for some kids, that's a little more than they want. You know, some mm-hmm. of them, it's a 400s a 60-second run for the girls, and it's like, I'm not going any further than that. You know, I can go one minute, and I'm done. Yeah. 
you know, so there's that different mentality. Mm-hmm. But I, I do like I do like the cross country kids because they do tend to bond real well. Yeah, man, and you know, and I can see. I just thinking about it. I never ran cross country, and whenever I ran track in high school, I was a I was a sprinter, so I didn't. Mm-hmm. To me, distance yeah. a, a long distance was four hundred. Was a four hundred. Yeah, you know? yeah, and it is. You know, and sprinters, it's a hard it's hard to get sprinters to want to get into that mode sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a long sprint, you know, the 400 and the 800's got to be where if you don't have speed anymore, you can't be a decent half-miler, you know. The speed people will run off and leave you, you know, and most sprinters won't stretch out that far. No, no, You know, we had a kid here several years ago, a Syrian Smith, won the 200 one year, won the 400, and he tried cross-country, but it was just, you know, (laughs) he couldn't, he just, he couldn't go that far. Yeah. Yeah. He was just one of those guys, fast twitch muscle, big quads, you know, and, and stuff. Great for track, but, you know, not you know, so much like blanks. Not so much <laughs> in cross country. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as track goes, I always ask this uh, question of people that have coached or participated in track, and I always seem to get one of two answers. But what would you say is the toughest race to run? I've had people say it's the 400, and then I've had people say it's the 300 hurdles. I'll agree with both of those. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I'll throw the 800 in there as well. Okay. I, I ran the four and the eight when I was in school. The four hurt me worse than the eight did. Okay. You know, and I think it's because you're trying to sprint so long. There's no real rhythm. I like the 800, and actually I like the mile better than the 800 because you, you've got good speed, mm-hmm. and it turns into rhythm you know that you can just maintain this and so the 800 fits into that as well but it'll it'll hurt you mm-hmm. you know when you start trying to finish that thing the 400 is the same way and i i really and i've said that i've said both of those four and the th- four and the 300 hurdles because you know i think if you attack the 300 hurdles they're probably worse i think trying to get over those last two barriers mm-hmm. is probably as hard as anything you'll do in track you know, and then I watch these college guys and the Olympians run the 400 meter hurdles, and I think, how how tough is that? Yeah. That's got to be the hardest event ever. It's so 400 hurdles. You know, add another 102 more hurdles. Yeah. You know, so I think maybe the 300 hurdles, but yeah. I, I think you're splitting hairs. Yeah. I think it. I think it depends on a lot of the individual. If you're more, uh, if you've got speed but you've got some endurance, the 400's not too bad. Mm-hmm. You know, and so now if you're a sprinter type, maybe like you were. And somebody stretched you out and said, "You got to run the four. You may say the four hundred is nothing you won't ever do again because it'll <laughs> it'll hurt you. You know, you're trying yeah. to finish it. So I think it's a little individual, but I think those two those two probably are the hardest two events. Yeah. Now, I mean, you've you've coached a lot of quality quality state championship cross country teams and track teams. Have you had a group that kind of sticks out to you that you kind of remember more than others? Group wise. In the late 90s, we had really good kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I just, it's, we've had really good kids throughout my career. Mm-hmm. And Velma has had a lot of success because of the kids. Uh, but in the late 90s, we just kind of had a run, and, and it's boys and girls, of uh, just kids that just, once you set a bar out in front of them and said, this is what we're trying to get to, you know, they would, you know, fight claw to try to get over that bar and say we're going to beat that 
And so, yeah, I would say the late 90s, we had probably three or four years uh, cross-country track, you know, and even in the other sports uh, that were going on, the girls' basketball was good, boys' football uh, and basketball were pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, and just, you know, we just had a run of athletes there. Mm-hmm. And I think they just fed off of each other. Well, you know, they did this, we can do this too, you know. Mm-hmm. And so lots of success. But, you know, in, in the end, it's just a lot of good kids that just – you know, someone said, this is what it takes to win. They said, okay, we'll go do it. Yeah. And, you know, and I've had lots of teams where you had some individuals that would do it, yeah. you know, but it mm-hmm. takes quite a bit to win a team championship. You got to have more than just, you know, a few people, you know, and cross country, you got to have five. It's like running a relay. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got three good legs and one leg's just not quite up to, up to that level, you know, you're probably not going to win it. Yeah. You know, cross country scores five, you know, and I've had lots of teams where I had three or four good runners and just couldn't quite ever, you know, get the fifth guy down for the fifth girl, you know, down to that spot. Uh, mm-hmm. But we've had, you know, it, the late 90s was, was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And, but I've had some good things. We got a good one this year. We went runner up last year and have everybody back. And, I, you know, Hooker looks really good again. So yeah. I don't know that we can we can go beat them but we're going to try yeah. you know i think that's that's part of being competitive is you know you just let's go play the game and see how it works out absolutely it seems like hookers always got good runners <laughs> they have had good runners for a long time yeah. you know boys and girls they're just i guess that's what they do up there <laughs> you know up there yeah. in the panhandle you know whether it's boys city or texoma or yeah. Uh, Hooker, Laverne, they've always got some people up there that are really competitive. Yeah. Now, what did it mean? Uh, what did it mean to you to be able to hand over the programs after you retired over the two of your former tracksters, Jake McGuire and Dana Lore? That, that, those two was the reason I felt like I could retire. You know, I, I still love it. I still like being around the kids and. You know, but because I knew them and I knew their their love for the kids. And you can tell Jake, you know, last year in track and so forth, and the year before when he was assisting me, you know, he just liked being out there, mm-hmm. you know, and he liked watching them compete. And, and he was just right on top of, well, we need to get this done, this done, this done. And I thought, all right, you know, and he liked, he liked being out there. You know, he, mm-hmm. he ran, like you said, uh, back in the day and was on our sprint relay. And he was one of those guys – big strong athlete that could do a lot of different stuff he high jumped he you know threw the shot and disc for us and run on the sprint relay and that's something you don't see a whole lot of shot and disc kids run on the sprint relay but uh, he kind of fit that mold of you know athleticism and he just had that i I think he liked he really liked it and i just thought this will work great Mm -hmm. you know and then dana is over at uh coach lower was over at comanche and we were at Lindsay at a track meet and I ran into her and she was helping with the track and she said something about where they're moving back to Velma um, and I just asked her you know she'd been kind of uh, her son was running cross country and so forth and she had been around it and she ran for me back in the day and she ran track uh, but Dana was always a basketball player mm-hmm. I mean probably in my mind and I told Coach Mary this probably five or six years ago probably the best in, in my opinion and everybody's got an opinion but she was probably the best basketball player we've had mm-hmm. since i've been there you know so mm-hmm. just highly competitive you know and mm-hmm. we'll do whatever it takes to win 
you know, and she still has that motivation to her, you know, she likes to have fun. She likes the kids and, you know, and the way she treats them was good. So for me, it was a perfect handoff. Mm-hmm. I could I could retire, get out of the classroom and just come up and help coach. And, and she takes care of all of the, you know, bus requests and setting up this and setting, you know, and I'm dealing with all these things that I can just show up and hang out and coach a little bit and come home and not have to worry about a lot of stuff. And it's the same way with Jake. I think that he, he's going to be a good one. Yeah. Uh, you know, so Dana ran in the late nineties. She was part of those groups that came through, mm-hmm. you know, and she, and she still got that, that fire, oh, you know, yes. to compete, you know, so it was, it was an easy handoff to me because mm-hmm. I wanted the program because I'd been there for so long. Mm-hmm you know, for someone to take over. And there were kids you know, that had graduated within the last five or six, seven years that would go, I'm going to go get my coaching degree and come back and take your job. And I said, well, it'll be here waiting on you. And, you know, <laughs> kids are kids, you know, yeah. some of them go to school and some of them don't, and they find other things to go do. But it, it, it did work out very well. I couldn't have planned a better, better group. Yeah. Now, what was it like to be inducted into the Oklahoma Track Hall of Fame? It was surreal, you know. <laughs> you don't expect anything like that, and you get a phone call, and you know they says, "Hey, you were nominated and selected." To, you know, and I just thought, "Really?" <laughs> you know, so it's kind of disbelief at first, and yeah. I didn't even tell my wife the first night because I'm thinking, "Was that a dream I had last night?" With Randy Cole, you know, yeah. but it it was humbling, yeah. you know, because really. It wasn't so much me, because sometimes all I needed to do was drive the bus and point them in the right direction, and they'll go take care of business. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the kids over the years, and, you know, there's this is 38 years now, did all of the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. You know, once you could kind of establish expectations within a within a program, you know, and I've had boys just go, I don't want to run that much. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not probably going to get a whole lot better, you know, what you do. You can't just show up and do something and be good. You know, and I've tried to tell them, girls and boys, you know, winning is not an accident. You don't accidentally win something. You know, somebody's out there working their tail off and they win. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it happens to be 20 people in this race that have been working their tail off, you know, now you guys can go get it, but you don't accidentally win. You know, so, you know, if you want to get good, and I watch our football guys, they get out there and they lift weights and they get after it, mm-hmm. you know, and and the fruits pay off mm-hmm. at that. And so getting inducted into the Hall of Fame was just kind of one of those, once we get the ball rolling, then it's easy the next year to come in because the kids know what to expect. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, I can remember the first years. Uh, back in the early '90s, we started running cross country, and I had a parent tell me one time, "Did you know?" And you know, I don't say her name, but did you know she ran three miles without stopping? <laughs> I said, "Yeah, we do that regularly." <laughs> you know, he goes, "Is that healthy?" because the parents had never been subjected to any kind of distance running and this was probably a seventh or eighth grader yeah and they're like is that okay for her to do that 
it's great. You know, we'll work our way up to four, five, and six miles, mm-hmm. you know, as they get a little older. You know, and the high school boys were doing, you know, eight-mile runs. You know, we don't do as much now, uh, you know, for mm-hmm. one reason or another. But at that point, those kids were just hungry enough to go, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? And once you kind of establish that, the young kids, that's what I was telling Dana, we went on a, to a meet with the uh, junior high and high school. And I said, I like to, to do a lot of combo meets like that. You know, we'll go to some meets that are just high school. Then we'll take some that are junior high. But for cross country, and I don't like it in track. Because mm-hmm. high school kids can't stand the junior high kids that attract me because they're there all day with them. But yeah. you go out run one race with the junior high kids and everybody gets scattered out. But the junior high kids watch those high school kids and see how they're doing stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and that carries over, and the expectations become easy just to pass along. This is what we do. And we've had a lot of success with it. You know, and so as far as being inducted, I thought it was a great honor. You know, it's humbling. But, you know, it's just kind of a testimony to the kids, and, you know, and there was a ton of them. Right. You know, I think we've got board out there on our press box there's probably over 100 kids that have won a championship in either track or cross country mm-hmm. you know over the last 30 years you know in some years you know some kids that double up they could go win the, the mile and track and then they may go you know be you know be an all-stater in cross country but that's just that's a lot of kids that have just kind of bought into it yeah. and we've got our girls program right now is pretty solid mm-hmm. all the way down through the sixth grade we've got some pretty good runners that are that look like you know in a few years once they get up in high school they'll be pretty solid yeah. so and it's good it's it's fun just to watch it kind of proliferate over the years oh, yeah. you know and there, obviously there's down years you know a small school like us we're gonna have years and classes that come through mm-hmm. that just don't have a lot of kids that don't fit the mold of a cross-country runner because not just everybody can do that or try you know some yeah. kids did i'm a sprinter but that's it <laughs> you know or i'm a distance kid and that's it mm-hmm. yeah. so it's hard to fill all the events and try yeah now okay you've had a, a hall of fame coaching career you've coached state champions coached state championship teams and one thing i didn't realize is that you have one of the longest lasting school records in the two mile relay <laughs> what are those accomplishments that you look back on and say that's that's a pretty awesome accomplishment yeah at the time i had no idea actually you i know, didn't know that until dana <laughs> i didn't know that until dana told me that the other day i was like oh yeah, I didn't there's know actually that. one record older than than our 1980 you know two mile relay we went 801 and didn't know that that was good or bad or indifferent <laughs> you know it's yeah. just like well we always win you know, and we, we got beat one time that year, and we had gone, and we had no I mean, we're just a bunch of small school guys in southern Oklahoma, and Coach Wilson Wilhite came down from Dale City, and I think he had ran track at OU, uh, and he had been at uh, Crooked Oak, and he came down and, and was assistant football coach and track coach and got us going and kind of got us turned in that direction. So a lot of my coaching probably, if it weren't for him, I probably wouldn't have ended up where I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he took us all over the place, you know. And so we got beat one time, and Winston Dumas was on that relay with us. And I think it was Owasso who beat us, but he says it's Tulsa Union. I have no idea. All I know <laughs> is that we were running in Tulsa, 
and it was wow. a night and they, those are pretty cool they don't run them much anymore no you know and kids kind of think that's neat we ran somewhere and it was getting dark when we were in the maori uh, it was at obu and the, and they thought hey this is pretty cool and i said they used to do it all the time when i was in school yeah. you know of course that was way back in the 19th century so <laughs> you know and so 801 was is pretty good and i didn't really at the time i didn't mean, I have any idea what a good two mile relay was you know we all ran just under two or just a little over two depending on the day yeah you know, so we had four legs that all ran pretty relative to each other you know within two or three steps of each other so it was, it was a good team and we ended up winning state meet that year uh still didn't really have any idea you know Mm-hmm. Is, you know, are we supposed to do this? But there is <laughs> there is a record because Velma hadn't won a whole lot of other stuff. That was the first state championship Velma and what ever ever won was that track record for yeah. that track state championship in 1980. Uh, and there was lots of good track being ran around Stevens County and and uh, the area of Marlowe, Paul Valley, uh, Davis all had good teams. Medill and Marietta had great teams. Uh, you know, and so we were, were always racing somebody that was pretty tough. Yeah. But um, uh, there is a record. There was a girl that still holds the 400 meter record. That was in, that was my age as well. But she'd set it her her uh, freshman year oh, okay. in the 400. So it's 1978. And I keep telling Savannah Wayne Scott, you know, you got to get this record. Right, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about to retire, and I'd like to see somebody. <laughs> you know, beat yeah. that 400 record. So it, you know, at the time. I didn't think anything about 801. Is that good or bad or what, you know? It it is now that I look back and now that you just rarely see, especially a class A school or even two A schools ever run down close to the eight minute mark on a 3200 reel. Now the big schools will still run under. Yeah. Yeah. But for us, that was, that was good. Oh yeah, absolutely. It is. Now, do you think that high school, cross country and track are in good shape or in a good place right now overall like in the state you know I, I was reading a couple of years ago that there were more kids running more participation in track than I think it, and it may have been and it may have been nationwide but it surprised me track was either first or second I think it may have been first mm-hmm. more kids participate in track and field uh, than any other sport and it surprised me a little bit but you know then I think about it we go to a lot of meets and we may take 30 35 kids you know mm-hmm. and while football has that they don't have the numbers uh, at all of the schools yeah. yeah I was talking to Tom Snyder is a friend of mine at he's at AD at Edmond Memorial now but you know I'd ask him one time oh it's been eight or ten years ago he was a cross-country coach and he goes, ah, I got 125 boys out for cross country, and I got 108 girls. Wow. <laughs> I said, how do you handle all? Of course, he's got half a dozen assistant coaches. You know, they do lots of time trials. They start grouping them and, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. And, and so I think they're in a good spot. Yeah. Uh, you know, it kind of comes and goes. You know, it's, it's not ever going to be a spectator sport cross country. <laughs> you know, parents will, newbies that will come out. They'll go, what do we do? And I said, well, every course is different. You know, there's no bleachers to sit in. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not really a social event that you go set up in the bleachers and talk to other people while the game's being played. You know, and so, you know, I said, just put your tennis shoes on. And if you want to watch the race, you're probably going to have to do a little running. 
you know, <laughs> at least find a spot here and then try to get back over here and back over here before the kids get there. You know, if you want to watch now, if you want to just stand here and say, there they go and wait 15 minutes here, they come back, you know, that's <laughs> up to you too. You can be as involved as you want to be, yeah. you know, and track is just, you know, when I, when I was in school back in the 70s, 80, it was, and we'd leave early and get home well after dark. Yep. Track just seemed like it went on and on. And I know the timing systems have gotten better, so it speeds things up. You know, the best thing that happened to track and field was when you could go to the meet and it's only five hours long. Yes. Uh -huh. You know, that it didn't start at 10 o'clock and end at 10 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that that's more and more common. And that's why I don't like going to track meets that have junior high and high school at them because they'll turn into eight-hour meets. Yeah. And high school kids get pretty annoyed of junior high kids hanging around camp <laughs> after, you know, four or five hours of them. Yeah. So, yeah, but I, th I think that the numbers are good. They kind of come and go. Yeah. Uh, but I think track's in a good spot. You know, and I think cross-country's doing well. We've got more teams participating mm -hmm. now than we've ever had. Yeah. You know, and... They keep raising the number of teams that qualify to the state meet, which means the, the race gets now we're up to, I think the max would be 167. Typically, you don't ever reach the max because some, some schools only bring five or six kids instead of seven, you know, so you don't ever reach that, but that's a lot of kids. Now, that's yeah. for our class, and I think 3A may do the same thing as far as 21 teams qualify and then 21 individuals. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, it can get, I think it's, I think it's going well. Yeah. Now, yeah, now, Coach, before I let you go, I, always, I got three questions I always ask people. They're a little, not necessarily off the wall, but just a little bit different than what I have been asking. All right, first thing, what is something people would be surprised to hear that Jerry Lovall is bad at? Uh, dancing. <laughs> oh, right, that's a new any, one. Any kind of entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm bad at a lot of stuff. I just don't want anyone to know it. There you go. There maybe, you go. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just good at hiding some of the things I'm bad at. There you go. That's not that's not a bad trait. That's not a bad trait. <laughs> now, if you could visit with any athlete or coach to pick their brain, past or present, who would it be? I would love to. You know, I had mentioned earlier Wilson Wilhot, mm -hmm. and he's in the Hall of Fame as well. I would have loved to have talked to him more as from a coaching perspective now. And, you know, of course, I was just an athlete then. Yeah. And, you know, he had such an influence on me that I wish that, yeah, he would be the guy that I'd say, okay. let's talk about this a little bit. You know, and, and why did you make us do so many 200s? You know, we may run 22 200s in a practice. Ooh. You know, that kind of stuff. Mm. And, and that was back in the day when... You know, if you ran 10 of them, that was good. Yeah. 15 must be better. 20, that would be great. If, you know, if you can handle more, keep going. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and instead of today's, you know, it's kind of, you reach a point of diminishing returns and you just can't keep doing more and thinking you're getting better. But anyway, that was that was kind of the idea then. We ran a lot, oh. uh, but we handled it well, and he handled us well as far as keeping us motivated and wanting to come back to practice. So mm -hmm. he's a guy I would I wouldn't mind spending a couple hours with. All right. All right. Now, final question. You go to the local Nichols Drive-In, and on the menu is the Jerry Love All pizza. What's on it? Need to know the uh, toppings, pizza. the sauce, and type of crust. Oh, I want a uh, thin crust, okay. crunchy, not not floppy. I, I like it to be stiff. Right. I want 
Canadian bacon, mm. cheese, some hamburger, and then some more cheese, <laughs> and then we'll throw some more cheese on top of it. Uh, that would probably be about it. All right, all right. You know, I, I like a lot of cheese on my pizza. My <laughs> wife does not like a lot of cheese. Right. You know, so our pizzas don't usually coincide very well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm not a I'm not an anchovies or I don't oh, even yeah. like pepperoni. No. Yeah. Oh man, I, I, I kind of like pepperonis, but no, not on yeah. the anchovies. Yeah. No, on the anchovies. Well, Coach Livall, uh, it was a pleasure to visit with you today, and I, I'm glad I finally got the opportunity to get to get you on my podcast and share your story because a lot of people suggested I have you on. Uh, good luck the rest of this cross country season and shine on. Well, I appreciate it, Coach Spiger, and uh, anytime I can help you out, just let me know. Thanks again to Coach Lovall for being on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. A new episode comes out every Sunday at 10 a.m. on your favorite podcasting site. And also, every Wednesday at 3.30 on the Kenny and the Coaches Facebook page, it's Not So Instant Replay. You can check out the official Kenny and the Coaches website in the description, and if you're on Twitter, or X, which I still can't bring myself to call, just search at Kenny Coaches. And don't forget, that's K-E-N-N-E-Y and the Coaches. Until next time.